0: Good morning. Can we stand together? I'd like us to pray as we open our hearts to God's Word. Thank you. Lord, we are utterly dependent on you and we pray that you would uh, speak to us today and encourage us through your Word. We ask, Lord, as we open the Scripture that it might be revealed to us what you want to say. And uh, Lord, encourage us today. Do us good and feed us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do take a seat. Thank you. Sometimes it's good just to change your posture, isn't it? You know, sit down for a little while, it's good to stretch the legs and get the blood flowing again. Uh, Well, So we're looking at community. um, Ah. The screen on the back. Interesting. We're going to get a screen on on the back as well, then I can see what we're doing. We've got one here. That's great. I was, um, somebody commented that I'd had a haircut a week or so ago, which does happen. Um, every few weeks or so, every six weeks. And this time I was in the Barbers and I was having a chat to the guy cutting my hair. It's a different person every time, nearly. This guy I've seen twice and on both occasions he's told me his life story about his transformation from being addicted to drugs to being on a recovery program and how uh, we've chatted about the transformation in his life as he's been busy shearing bits off my head. Well, not my head, the hair, hopefully. The head's hopefully staying together as I, as I leave. But that's what he's been doing, and we've, it's been an incredible privilege to, to talk. And uh, do, do take the opportunities that God gives whenever you're out and about. I, I'm not very good at this, um, but I do try. And while I was there, I also had a, a bag with a Bible in, because I was chatting to another barber last time, and he had chatted about the books he loves to read, and he's, he's thought, well, I might like to read the Bible one day. So I bought him a Bible and took it in, and so dropped that off as well. So... I don't know what the results are going to be, but we're trying. Um, but this guy was just incredible as he was unpacking his story of how his life had changed from being addicted and having no hope and how now he was attending a group um, he spoke about the church they meet in and how the, he's got this, this, the church keys. That He doesn't go to the church other than for these meetings, but he's got the set of keys so he can open up and look after these meetings. And he's now mentoring other people who are coming off drugs, one of whom happens to work in the city as a stockbroker. Um, this guy's a barber, and uh, it's quite an interesting mix. He's had, he's had a mentor himself, and just this process was unpacking and, and, and being revealed to me and, as this guy was honest and open and real about how... His, his life was being changed by community. And his life was being changed, yes, by the program, Most definitely by prayer because he spoke quite openly about prayer. He's not a Christian but he prays and he says it's only because of prayer that his life is beginning to get changed. It's only because of that. This is a non-Christian barber in our town acknowledging that it's only through prayer that his life is turning around. Um, And he's there busy shaving bits of hair off and chatting about how he he used to be uh, stuck in this world of drugs and now is getting free. And that's exciting. And the markers he gave were prayer and the program he's on, and community. He said that if it wasn't for the group of people that he's meeting with, um, then he wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to be free. And we're looking at community today, and, and I want to talk about this sense of transformation in community, how, transform, how transformation takes place in community, and how God has designed the community of the church to be a place for transformation to take place. God changes our lives, and one of the ways he does it is in community. So I want us to see today why God chooses community uh, to do that, and how God chooses community to do that. And we'll look at a couple of scriptures to get us started. Uh, These are very familiar scriptures. Um, If you were here uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sarah Weber was talking about this sense of calling on the disciples' lives, and if you've not listened to that talk online, please do. It was awesome. God was really speaking to us through that. But there's just two simple passages here where Jesus is calling some of his first disciples, and... um, The call goes out like this. He called to them and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets at once and followed him. There's an immediate response, isn't there? And uh, the point I want to make from that first passage, I suppose, is this sense of transformation. I think we often miss this. We, We get the sense of following, but Jesus is asking them to come and follow him so that they can be changed. They're not going to remain the same. There's no option for that. They're, they're following Jesus so that they can be changed. This is not just a pray a prayer, make a response, be born again, have, a, have a, a kind of a brief moment, and then that's it. This is a journeying with Jesus and a process of transformation that's beginning here. And he's saying to them, follow me and I will make you. You were like this and now you'll be like this. The second passage. Oh. It's at the bottom. I thought I'd underline that one as well. Obviously not. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. And so we see there that this this call is to be with Jesus and it's that process of community, being with Jesus, that the transformation takes place in. We see transformation and community. He's calling them together to be with him and in that time he's also transforming them. And as we read the Gospels, we watch over the next three years as their lives are changed. We see that community is the context God chooses for our ongoing transformation. Community is the context God chooses for your and my ongoing transformation. He he does change us on our own, but mostly he changes us in community with other people. and We're going to see why that's the case today. As we watch those disciples over the next three years, we see them observing Jesus, participating in what he's doing, being with him, listening to him, talking with him, observing, joining in, all sorts of stuff going on, and a lot are just hanging about. As you read the gospel stories, there's, there's some incredible miracles, but the gaps in between those are where the life is. You see, the miracles are amazing. They're the bits that we tell, tell the stories of, but there's, there's life in the bits between The life is the journey from one place to another. The the life is the meals that they're sharing and the hanging out together that's going on and the life is those bits in between miracle and teaching and all the other bits. And we see verses like this. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, and here I've taken off the bit that they said to Jesus because that's not important, but the disciples did a lot of walking. You ever thought about that? Because Jesus has got this itinerant ministry from one place to the next, and they're scurrying along behind him sometimes, and they're going ahead of him at other times, and they're walking and they're walking and they're walking, and they're hanging out with Jesus. I went to Bible college many years ago, um, and there we had lectures and seminars and and different methods of communication and ways of teaching, which are quite different and alien to the, the methods that Jesus used, because. Jesus did do some teaching like that, but I don't think the disciples had essays to write. I'm pretty sure they didn't have exams to take. Um, Not of the kind I had to do. Um, But the pattern of being with Jesus is hanging out with him. And as they're hanging out with him, as they're walking with him and being with him and having meals with him, that's when slowly you see the penny dropping again and again. And their lives are being transformed. It's in the community that they're being transformed. Now, we kind of get this for ourselves. This is not revolutionary, I realize, for us individually. Um, But I want to take us on to how this affects the church. You see, individually, we kind of think, yeah, yeah, Jesus invites me to follow him. Then I hang out with him, and that's great, and I get changed a bit. But we're missing the point. You see, the disciples had an invitation to follow Jesus, but that invitation was also an invitation into the community of faith. You see, Jesus called two from fishing over here and says, come, follow me. Then he calls another two from fishing over there and says, come, follow me. Then he goes and calls a tax collector and says, come, follow me. And suddenly you've got four fishermen and a tax collector together. Yes, they're following Jesus, but they're together in following Jesus. There's, it's inescapable. The invitation to community with others corresponds to the invitation to community with Jesus. Jesus called us to follow him, which means that he's called us into a community of transformation. He's called us into this, this thing called church, where, where we inescapably have to bump into each other and, and walk along with each other and have our lives changed together because that's what the invitation involves. And I think in our Western culture, we've individualized Christianity and faith so much that we talk about our faith, my faith, my experience of Jesus, what it looks like for me and how I walk that out, my quiet times and my devotionals, and all of that's true. But there's a huge amount of growing that happens as we walk together along the road and as we journey together with Jesus. So, Where do we go from here? Another little thought for you. Being with others and with Jesus enables and encourages our spiritual growth. Today, um, I want to talk, there's there's many images for the church in the Bible. We've talked about those fairly recently. Um, The body of Christ, the vine, the, the sheep with the shepherd, the building that Christ's building. I want to talk about an image that isn't a biblical one, but I hope you'll let me do this. as an image of church. So this is my version. Um, This is a Victoria sponge cake, if you're listening. Um, So this is Church as a Victoria sponge cake. Are you okay with this? I can provide gluten-free options if that's your particular thing. Um, But this is the idea. So I want you to imagine that we've got... And just to help you with this, thank you, Matt, for bringing the table. Um, I've been to Asda. And... uh, here we go. Got a new jumper on. I should have really worn a penny for this, but there we are. Um, if it all goes, let's see if this works. Right. So, sponge cake doesn't start out as a sponge cake, does it? Unless you're going to Tesco's to buy one. So you need some ingredients. So you'd be pleased to know I've got my mixing bowl here, and uh, I've got a few ingredients. Let me just have a look. See what we've got. Oh, there we go. Now I was a bit worried bringing bags with white powder into church this morning. I did wonder what, what... I had actually prepped an explanation in case I got stopped. Because um, I thought it did look a bit dodgy. But um, these, these are measured out. I measured these at home uh, yesterday. So we've got some flour and some caster sugar and some butter. And uh, you'll be pleased to know I've got some eggs in here as well. So uh, there's, some, there's some eggs. Um, there we are. In fact, that's a photo taken on my desk this morning just because I couldn't find the right image on, online. So... Um, I want you to imagine for a moment that we're going to make a church, and uh, what we're going to do is make it out of these ingredients. Now, what you need, obviously, we've been talking about gifting fairly recently, and I suppose it was not too much of a stretch to say, well, here's one type of group of people, here's another, and here's another, and here's some more, um, and kind of church is a combination of those, so you need to put them together, and we've looked at spiritual gifts and how you need the different spiritual gifts, and I suppose you could imagine, well, Graham spoke about prophetic earlier, maybe... We'll have a whole load of prophets and we'll put them in and some other people and some different gifts and some eggs. There you go. So everything's in the bowl. So that's church. And it's not a very successful Victoria sponge so far, is it? I have got the ingredients. Everything's there that we need. Um, but some of us approach, some people approach church communities like this a little bit, where, where you kind of you go along and you join in and you go, well, yeah, there's, there's nobody. I feel a bit alone. I feel a bit just like me. There's only a couple of us, so I'll go somewhere else where everyone is the same. I'll go and join the egg church over here. And, and that leaves this lot without any eggs, which kind of means the cake's not going to be much good either. Um, but, and these people over here, find a group of people like them, but they're never going to change. They're never going to have that genius of being together in community, walking on the road and discovering that you need other people who are different to you to make, help you change and help you produce something beautiful at the end. You're just going to be with a group of other eggs and eventually go off <laughs> and go stale. So this image of, of church, and, and, and what I realized is that actually this combination requires us to do something slightly different to, uh, to move ahead. We're going to actually, I don't know what photo is next, I've lost myself, there we are. So that's, that's what it'll look like in a minute. Let me just help you. I've got to take two eggs out of here because I need two for the next service. So I've got to be careful with these. Here we go. That's my two eggs. So, um, so only a small Victoria sponge, this one. So that's the image that I've got on here. And that's what's actually it's as if it's live streamed from the stage. <laughs> there we are. So, so that's the image. Now, there's still a problem with this because this isn't church. This is, this is not a Victoria sponge cake either. This is just some ingredients in some bags. And unfortunately, I think some of us can relate to each other a bit like this, where we go on a Sunday morning, we come to church, and then we go home again. Go, oh, I've got to be really careful with these now, haven't I? That was silly. And then next week, we go again. Yeah, back to church again. Oh, that was great. And then we go home again. And we realize that we're in proximity with each other, but we're not actually being Transformed. We're not actually being changed because we've got to go to a. I really should have been careful with these. We've got to do that dangerous thing of actually opening ourselves up a little bit. And this is where community gets uncomfortable because I'm safe in my little bag. I'm really safe. I can turn up and I can be alongside others and I can watch and I can observe, but I go home unchanged. I'm safe, untainted, unmarked by anybody else, but I don't make a nice cake. I just observe and I go home. And that's not the calling for community that we've been looking at. The calling is that actually I take a risk and I open myself up. This is where it gets scary, isn't it? If this is our lives and somebody else takes a risk and they open themselves up. And then someone else takes a risk and they open themselves up too. And suddenly we've got a group of people who are taking a risk and opening themselves up a little bit to what might happen as we share our lives in community. And, and actually what you really need to do is pour your life out. You really need to pour your life out into others. And now I know I'm not mixing this up properly, so just bear with me, this is a sermon illustration, not a cake really. You're not gonna want to eat this later because I'm not even following the recipe for how you're meant to mix it first and all the rest. I'm just gonna chuck it all in a bowl. Is that all right? Yeah, okay, well if it's not, tough. And 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 I'm really sorry. This is not how you make a Victoria sponge. I do realise that. Jamie Oliver. No, they don't do this on the telly, do they? Squeeze it out of a plastic bag. <laughs> I've got two ounces in there and three in the bag, but never mind. And somehow I've got to do this, haven't I? Because when actually... This, this is risk now. This is contamination. This is dangerous because everybody's mixing together and they're getting all mixed up. And I might have a photo, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what it's meant to look like. Um, so here we go so sudden, the egg's kind of fairly committed isn't it? If you're an eggy kind of person you only get one hit at this brokenness, openness transparency and you're sharing and suddenly there's no going back and actually for all of us in church there's no going back once you join, once you belong once you become part of this family together God does something incredible as we open up our lives and And I hate this bit for me personally, this sense of being broken and being vulnerable and being open, many of us do. It's much easier to stay in our shells, but actually I believe God's calling us to a place of brokenness together. I believe he's calling us to a place of openness together where we're transparent and honest, where there's nothing hidden. Now you can't share everything with everybody every day, I realize that, but I do believe there's a bit of sharing to go on. I'm gonna leave one egg, I've made a mess already. And and this gets mixed up, and um, the idea is that all these bits get mixed together. You're never going to trust me if I make you a cake, are you? Um, And eventually, if I'd put both eggs in, this would work probably really well, wouldn't it? Um, Eventually, what would happen is this would become a nice mixture, and it would go in the oven, and uh, you'd mix it all up and put it in a tin, and it's getting better, this already. I'm going to stop now, because I've got preaching to do instead of cake making. Um, Because I only wanted to give you an illustration. Oh, that's better. So those ingredients need to work on each other. They need to be mixed up together. They're never going to work if they stay on their own, but we see together they begin to form a a sort of cake mix. I think that's the word, isn't it? And you put that in a tin, and uh, you put another egg with it, and it would begin to work, and it would get malleable and moldable, and then you could put it in. Well, what do you do next with it? What do you do next with a cake mix? Yeah, you do. You put it in the in the heat, don't you? And isn't that what happens in our relationships? Just after you've made a a decision to be vulnerable and to trust and to 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 be put yourself out there a little bit, don't things hot up a little bit sometimes? And you suddenly go, I wasn't expecting this. I was quite comfy in my mixture. Just got shared, and suddenly, oh, it's getting hot in here. And I'm struggling now because the relationships are, are are getting a bit difficult. So the thing that's needed for transformation is that the cake mix needs to be baked. We need to turn up the heat. And that can be external pressure, or it can be the work of the Spirit, or it can be the presence of Jesus. But when that challenge comes, it's not comfy. And that sloppy mess, though, becomes a cake. A beautiful cake, hopefully, unlike that one. Um, so what do we notice when we get mixed up I- with each other in community? We notice a few things, and I've, I've discovered this, as you will have done too. That when we come up against other, alongside other people, when we get mixed up with other people, when we're actually vulnerable with other people and open, we discover that we're surprised. I'm surprised by what rises up in others. I'm surprised by what comes to the surface and things that beliefs that people have and practices that they hold to and, and attitudes they have. I'm surprised by those. But I'm also surprised by mine. Because things bubble up in me when we're in community with each other, with Jesus. And I'm surprised by my attitudes and my beliefs and my practices. And together, you've got two sets of people being surprised by stuff. And that takes some working through. If you're wondering how all this relates to the Bible, well, well done. Um, It says this in, in Luke 9, verse 46. This is Jesus' disciples as they're walking along. Then his disciples began arguing about which of them was the greatest. And you see this mixing together as they've been mixed together in one mass uh, tax collector uh, along with a, uh, a zealot, Simon the Zealot. You've got these two forces completely opposed to each other. It's like the pro-EU side, whichever way around that would be, uh, and the pro-Brexit side. And you've put them together as disciples and you're expecting them to get on. Not surprisingly, there's some sparks. Not surprisingly, there's some competition and some, some rubbing together. You ever wondered why Jesus did that? Why did he not choose people that were the same? Why did he choose people that were different? I think it's because he knew that transformation happens in community. And that's why he chose people who were different and put them together and and walked amongst them and and helped them get along. And what we see in the Gospels is the disciples arguing, and then we we read on to the Last Supper. Read what they were doing then. All those chapters later, they began to argue amongst themselves about who would be the greatest. You see, this, this rubbing together, this, as it's getting hot, it heated up, um, as, as there's still rivalry and jealousy and pride. Does Jesus, does Jesus call the whole thing off? Does he say, no, let's scrap the whole idea, it was, wasn't worth it? No, he walks with them and he teaches them and he encourages them and he brings the best out. And he holds them together as they're falling out, like you do with kids sometimes. As they're having a bit of a scrap, you sort them out, you separate them maybe, but you talk to them and you encourage them that there is a way through. And as these disciples were walked with, along with Jesus, they, they began to change and began to be transformed. You know, that, that process of transformation, that baking bit, I think is the hardest bit of baking. I have done some baking before and it's not been too bad. Nobody's died. Um, but that bit when i remember when i was a kid and if my mum was making a cake that smell or if judith's making a cake that smell you know you can smell it kind of, oh, is it ready yet is it is it ready yet we've got photos of our kids looking through the oven door like this just watching waiting for that moment when the cake will be ready and i know in my own life that process where i'm transformed is feels imperceptible at times it might do in yours too and you think when when is, this, when is this going to resemble anything that's worth looking at? And you look in your own life, don't you? Sometimes and you go, oh, I didn't realize that was there. That issue, that attitude, that thing that's risen up again. As I've been with other people and I've just been confronted with my own emotion or my own sense, I didn't realize that was there. When's that going to get sorted out? And the change is almost imperceptible, but there is a day coming when that becomes a cake, when it becomes baked properly, when it's, when it's risen and, and mature. And Jesus promises that he's going to complete the work he's begun in us. So the work you're seeing now that you're struggling with bits of, that other people are irritating you and winding you up and, and encouraging you all in the same measure, um, that is going to be a finished work. It is going to get completed. And I love those stories where the journey isn't finished yet. You know, I told you a story at the beginning of, of my barber cutting my hair. And I love listening to that story. Why? Because it's not finished yet. I still want him to find Jesus. Jesus. He's found prayer, he's got a sense of God, but I want him to know Jesus. And even then, his story won't be finished. Even then, that will be an important step on the road. But I love stories when they're not finished. You know, Some people share testimonies, and it's the before and the after, and there's nothing else. And we all go, hooray, a life changed and rescued, and it's true, it has been. But all of us know that there's a whole load more still to come. Paul on the Damascus Road has a vision. Here's a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Ananias comes and prays for him and the scales come off his eyes and he can see. But then he goes off into the wilderness for a long period of time as God works in his heart. And then he works with other people and God's working in his heart. And we still see Paul years later. And some of that same impetuousness and strength of teaching and dogma is still there later on as he's talking to John Mark and saying I don't or talking to Barnabas saying I don't want Mark to come with us thank you very much he's been useless to me he left me and abandoned me that same strength of him kind of ugh, character is still there it drives him forward but then years later we see him calling for Mark to come to him because he's been a comfort to him And we see how God is working in Paul's character, not just in a one-off moment on the Damascus Road, but again and again and again and again as he's transformed in the communities that he's part of. God wants to do a complete work in us, a transforming work that changes us. You know that change that seems accidental from your perspective is planned from God's? That change that seems imperceptible and you're wondering what on earth is God doing? He is at work. He he is at work in that mixing up when you go, Lord, why am I going through this process? Why am I having to do this? Why am I having to open up to others? Why am I having to be alongside these people? God's at work and he's stirring us up. Someone said to me recently, what are you looking forward to about the weekend away? It's this. That's what I'm looking forward to about the weekend. We're not a bowl of mush. But what it represents. Being together. Being open. Being honest. Seeing what God will do as we open up our lives together because we've got space and time to do it. We can do it in life groups. Life groups are brilliant and a great way of doing that, begin to get involved. You can do it a bit on a Sunday morning. I've got to, I'm going to go and share the same encouragement at Southside in a few minutes, but do stay and have coffee and encourage one another. Open that bag if that's you and let someone else be blessed by what God's given you. Pour out a little bit of yourself into somebody else and let, receive from someone else too. Bless and encourage because that's, that way we'll be enriched. That way something beautiful will grow. But take every opportunity. I said I would share how we're transformed and I'll do this quickly. We're transformed in community by being welcomed and wanted. Welcomed just as we are, yet with a longing and desire to see more of Jesus in each other. Our welcome is to anybody But the welcome doesn't mean that our expectation is you come and you stay just as you are. I'm longing that we don't have people, that I don't walk into a group of people and stay as I am. I want to be transformed. I want to be enriched. I want to be changed. I want to grow. By being loved and by loving others. By having grace extended to us and extending it to others. By Watching godly examples, that's the beautiful thing about community. I've spoken a bit about challenge and some of the difficulties, but actually the reason we're putting community is because there's gifting and there's godly examples. Paul writes this, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And there'll be people in this congregation that you'll have spotted and spied and you'll thought, I like that bit about them. I like how they follow Jesus in that aspect. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to imitate them in that. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about here. As we pour our lives into each other, we can imitate others as they follow Jesus. By listening and sharing with one another, by following up on what we've talked about and being accountable, by prayer. Prayer is so important as we pray together and we're vulnerable together and we open up and we say, God, this is what we're trusting you for as we walk alongside each other and serve alongside each other too. Let me wrap up. Slide your head. God has given us so many riches, so many people to learn from, so many ups and downs in our experience of going through life. God has blessed us abundantly. He's put people within this room, and the same is true at Southside, who can shape our lives for the better. He's put people in this room, and that same at Southside, who God wants us to help shape their lives for the better, and together wants us to grow and be transformed in this thing called community. I've said a little bit of how we can do it. Meaningful conversations, prayer, life groups, weekend away, Um, coffee, meal together, whatever it might be, walking together, but being together is really important, but being together honestly and openly. I don't want to be closed up, bagged up. How are you? Fine. Keep my bag separate, keep it closed, and just move on. And just do that little bit of interaction in and out of the bowl, I think God's calling us to something more than that. I think Graham and Jean referenced this earlier. They said, thank you for standing with us. Thank you for praying. Albert says the same when he goes on mission. Thank you for praying. Our prayer matters. We're together in it. We're helping, we're supporting, we're shaping. Matt shared about Rachel and her work in Albania and how people have given and prayed and gone and supported there. Similarly, by walking alongside others, by serving together, by making ourselves vulnerable, Something beautiful can emerge as we work together and pull together in this transforming community. A lady called Christy Wimber, who I think is John Wimber's daughter, daughter-in-law perhaps, uh, runs a, a ministry. She wrote this, which I liked for the sense of transforming communities. Our job is not to fix people. Our job is to love people and create spaces where they can become whole. I rather like that. And I hope that we might become a space where people can become whole. We might become a people committed to the wholeness of others and the wholeness of ourselves as we seek to serve Jesus, as we seek to love one another, as we seek to engage in the mess of relationships, in the mess of opening up, pouring out and sharing. May we see God do something beautiful and precious in these coming days, in these coming months and in these coming years. Do you know what happens? When you've, got a fi- when you've finally got a cake, you can share it, can't you? doesn't just sit in the oven, but you pull it out. If it's worked, you put the layers together, a bit of jam in, a bit of icing sugar on top. You cut a piece and you serve it. And the reason that God wants us to be a community that's transformed is so that we might be a blessing to the wider community, that we might make a difference, that we might see more people reached, more people loved, more people made whole in Jesus' name. Can we pray? Lord, I thank you that you've called us into this thing called church because you've called us to follow you. And Lord, ultimately, without you, there is no lasting change. Without you, we've got meetings and plans and programs. and and, and There's some good stuff happening, but Lord, we we need you. We need you in the mix. We need the the heat, the fire that you bring, Holy Spirit. And uh, we pray, Lord, for each one of us. that There may have been times when through hurt, We've bound ourselves up and we've said, I'm never trusting again. There was an argument. There was a fallout. There was a jostling for position, like those disciples. Someone said something and I've backed off. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to forgive. I pray you'd help us to love. I pray you'd help us to extend grace and to receive it where we need it. Lord God, I pray that we, as we are mixed together, that you'd give us boldness and bravery and courage to serve one another in love and to see your kingdom come. And I pray that something beautiful would emerge that can be a blessing to the wider community. In Jesus' name, amen.